Do you need a landscaping job tackled? Keen Landscaping is a family-owned and operated full-service landscaping company based in Dallas, Texas. Anything from property restoration and tree pruning or removal to landscape design, construction, and installation, Keen covers it all. They're also the official landscape company of the Dallas Stars. Learn more at KeenLandscaping.com. Again, that's K-E-A-N-E Landscaping.com. Welcome to Parker's MMA Show. If you want to learn about all things going down in the fight world, you've come to the right place. Each episode, your host, Parker Keen, will take a deeper dive into the always entertaining world of sanctioned fist fighting. Now here's your host, Parker Keen. All right, we're back. Episode 55, we've got another interview on deck. Billy, tell us about the guests today. So today we are interviewing Dalton Rosta. He is a 4-0 uh, middleweight uh, in Bellator, all four pro fights in Bellator. If you remember a couple episodes ago, we talked about the uh, Gegard Mousasi, Douglas Lima card. Um, he was one of our standouts. Uh, only gone the distance once, so three finishes. Uh, one of Bellator's best prospects. So very, very excited to talk to him today. All right, let's try to get him on the line. What's up, man? We got you. How you doing? Good. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. We, we appreciate you coming on. We're going to jump right into it here. And, uh, Billy, lead us off. Okay. Uh, can you see me? Yeah, we can the... see you. Oh, yeah. You are totally good, my man. Um, so, Dalton, I mean, let's start at the beginning here. What was your first experience with martial arts, and, and what martial art did you kind of try first? Um... So the very first uh, martial art, if you would call it a martial art, I ever did was wrestling. I started wrestling sure. when I was six or seven years old, got out of it, uh, didn't really like it at a young age, but uh, I, I boxed shortly after that, about 10 years old, 11 years old, and then uh, got back into wrestling and jujitsu right after that as well. So it kind of like one thing strung into the next uh, to answer that question, but uh, I started out with wrestling. Cool. And did you play any other sports growing up in addition to wrestling? Uh, I Yeah, I played football in high school it, pretty much my whole life. I played uh, football my whole life. Uh, I ran track a little bit like my senior year and I uh, ended up not quitting. But I, I nationals came up with a flow nationals for wrestling and then like boxing matches and everything. And I put okay wrestling and uh, boxing or track so uh pretty much just football and wrestling is there anything you think you learn from a sport like football that you can apply to your fighting career uh, no, I, no, I don't think so. just two completely different sports yeah i mean uh football uh, it's it's a team sport for one and two Nothing you do in football really, really helps you at all in fighting. Fighting is a combat sport. Uh, all, all the skills that you you learn are developed through each individual combat sport or through each individual martial art itself. I don't feel as if football can help you with that. Sure. So how did you transition into fighting initially? Like, obviously, you started, you wrestled, you played football. How you, how'd you kind of get into MMA? Um... So, like I said, whenever I was younger, I wrestled. 
did, did some boxing, did some jiu-jitsu. And then uh, in the off-season, um, from football and wrestling, like I'd wrestle three days a week, four days a week sometimes. I, I was wrestling as much as I could, but on the days that I couldn't find somewhere to practice in the off-season because not many people do, uh, I would I would box. I would go to jiu-jitsu, you know, something to fill my time, something to uh, stay in shape. And uh, so I, I kept with it. And then whenever I first went to college, I went to Seton Hill to wrestle. And I transferred after that to play football at Youngstown State. I got injured, came down with a knee injury, ended up uh, ending my football career. And that's whenever I got back into jiu-jitsu itself and then transitioned in MMA shortly after that. That was 2016. Uh, June of 2016 that I first got back into jiu-jitsu and like I said shortly after that trans transition back into MMA and that was I want to say a little bit later in the year maybe November December and then I had my first fight in uh, March of 2017. Very cool so um, growing up obviously you said you're into football and wrestling and other stuff but where did you watch fighting as a kid I know you're probably around our age but did you watch any of the early UFCs or pride and if you did, who were some of your favorite fighters growing up? Uh, yeah, I watched a lot of fighting growing up. Uh, I played like all the video games. I I watched all the all the pay-per-views, uh, especially whenever I got into jiu-jitsu. Like uh, a lot of my jiu-jitsu team came to mind at the time would always get pay-per-views and invite us all over for for the fights you know have food and everything they're like little parties and uh that's that's how i first started watching it me and my dad would watch it all the time in our living room uh i mean some of my favorite fighters growing up i would say uh probably chuck liddell uh, brock lesnar um anderson silva i know those are very different styles yeah and uh very different people but those the, I, I was just into all types of MMA, all, all types of fighting styles, and uh, those were some of the bigger names back there, and then and, uh, some of the guys that I really paid attention to and loved watching. Okay, cool. So, obviously, you know, you're you're a, a, a student of, you know, not just mixed martial arts as a profession, but as a, you know, as a fan, like you're, you know, the names that you're giving here are kind of, of our era, those are the, you know, the biggest and best guys, but obviously, kind of a, a different set of you know talents or, or do you take inspiration from fighters like that or are you totally about you know i am i'm kind of developing my own style and you know it's very unique to me some of that it broke up uh you know i was i was naming some of the big names of a uh, oh then uh, I, I it can't it cut back in whenever you said unique. Oh, uh, we can so hear you now. I can. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. So I was asking, do you take inspiration from you know these guys who you know you kind of looked up to growing up? Like when you're when you're training yourself, or where you're thinking about what kind of fight style you want to implement, or is your fight style totally unique to you? And you're really just focused on what ends up working in the gym rather than trying to look to other fighters for inspiration. No, I, I, I uh, say stuff from other fighters all the time. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm trying to learn and trying to become the best fighter I possibly can. I have my own style 
and I have things that work for me that don't work for a lot of people. But uh, I see stuff all the time. Like when you're watching people fight for world championships uh, and you see them doing things a little bit unorthodox or things that you don't usually see, this fancy stuff, the spinning elbows, all that stuff. I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be fancy, but you see the techniques they use and they work on high level the highest in the world. I mean, you're fighting against World Championship, and they some of the stuff that they do, like John Jones does a spinning elbow uh, off the cage. Uh, I've seen Conor McGregor doing um, the uh, that upper that lead uppercut to the back left hand. I mean, just simple stuff like that uh, that I see people use all the time, and I try implementing it myself in practice. And my coaches never have a problem with me using that stuff at practice because if it's working at the highest level, it can work for anybody, you know. So. I mean, that's what we're here for. We want to learn from the best possible people and what better way to learn than seeing it at, done at the top level. And uh, like I said, I come into practice, try it. If it works for me, it works. If it doesn't, I throw it away. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Dalton, you've you've earned an incredible opportunity here. You've, you're undefeated in your career, and all four of your pro wins are in Bellator, which is kind of a rare thing for a guy to have all four of his wins with a major promotion so early. How, how did that kind of link up? How did that deal work together where you went undefeated as an amateur and then you were able to link up and go pro immediately with Bellator? Uh, I, I, I made a lot of noise in the amateur scene, and um, I had a lot – I mean, I, I, I fought a lot of good guys, and I, I finished everybody. Uh, it was, it's been kind of the same story uh, with my pro fights. But, uh, you know, I made a lot of noise. There's a lot of people talking about me, a lot of hype behind me. And uh, actually, Rich Chow, the matchmaker of Bellator, was asking a few different coaches about me because I didn't have a manager back then. You know, I uh, I wasn't at a huge gym. So, like, they were asking plenty of, like, all these big gyms. Do you know Dalton Rasta? Do you know Dalton Rasta? And finally, somebody that they asked, Greg Jones, that the wrestling coach at uh, Sanford MMA uh, knows me. We know each other, and uh, he hit me up after that. and was like, Rich, Rich Chow wants to talk to you. So uh, I was like, yeah, give him my number. He gave him my number. Rich Chow called me. Uh, I was eating at uh, which is like Chipotle. I don't know if you guys know about that. It's uh, it's not really a, like a national thing. There's It's in certain regions. But uh, it's it's like a Chipotle, and I was eating uh, a, like a burrito there and a cookie and drinking a sweet tea whenever I got the call. I didn't know who the call was coming from, and uh, I got the call, and he asked me what I was doing, and I was like, ah, I'm just eating some, some grilled chicken and some rice. And really, <laughs> I was eating a burrito and uh, some cookies and stuff from the hotheads. But, uh, yeah, so that's when the call first happened. I remember exactly where it was. I got a little bit emotional, you know, because I wasn't expecting that to happen that, that early. And, uh, yeah, he, he said that he liked what he seen from me, that he wanted to work with me, and uh, let's see if we can get a deal made. And that was maybe six months before I signed with the promotion. And I fought one more amateur fight after that and uh, won that one by knockout. And uh, then – finally got this contract signed and um yeah i mean the rest is history uh, you brought this up dalton and i'm glad you did i mean you finished everyone in your career right a absolutely everyone except for your very last fight a 
in a fight that you absolutely dominated for 15 minutes. Um, I, my question is, do, when you're in a fight like that where you could tell this is a high quality, it's a tough opponent, are you thinking in the back of your head, maybe I could silence some of these people and prove I have that 15-minute cardio too? Or are you just thinking finish, finish, finish from minute one to minute 15? You know, I, I, when I fight, I'm going in there for the finish. But there was a lot of talk about my gas tank, and there was a lot of talk about me being a raw and me not having that great a strike, and I need to work on my striking. There was, there was a lot of stuff said. So I went in there kind of with a little bit of chip on my shoulder, like I had something to prove. And Ty Gorder is a very good striker. And in the past, with um, like my last three fights with Bellator, the guys that I fought weren't that great of strikers. So right away, even though I had a wrestling advantage on these guys too, you know, I hit them a few times and they're diving in on my legs. They don't even give me the chance to show off my striking. So, um, that, that was, that, that was good. I, I, I like that aspect of it going, going the distance for that aspect. I got to show some tricks I have up my sleeves from uh, a different skill set. And I also got to show my cardio. So I got to silence people like that, but yeah, I'm always looking for the finish that fight. Um, it was the last fight in my contract. I actually, I, it was a five fight contract, but my contract ends November 29th. And based on Bellator's history, they're not good at giving quick turnarounds, even if you, when you want them. So, um, in the back of my head, I wanted to finish, but I was like, this is the last fight in my contract. You know, I let me, let me do things differently this time, you know? So like, I still want to get the finish. The finish was there. I was taking it, but I didn't want to exert and exhaust myself and use too much energy in situations where the finish wasn't there and I was forcing it. So I was kind of just going to let it happen organically. And there was a couple times where I postured up and had some ground and pound. And then there was another time where I had his back and I probably could have got the choke in, but I was pumping my arms out whenever I was fighting for the choke. And the fight went up to our feet multiple times after I took him down. So I still wanted to pop in my punch. I didn't want to lose that. So I was kind of conserving energy there. And then as for the ground and pound, whenever I open it up in the past, you see me whenever I open up the ground and pound, even when people start moving below me, I still unload, you know, but with this guy, better fighter, you know, not, I mean, I was still dominating him on the ground and everything. Like you said, I was winning the striking exchanges, but I wanted to play it smart. I wanted to use my fight IQ a little bit more. So whenever I was posturing up with the ground and pound and he started moving underneath me, I, instead of still going for the finish i kept the position so you see me in full mount and i'm ground and pounding him then he turns to his back and i land a few more shots but when he starts squirming under me and rolling and moving so much i took his back again instead of continuing the ground and pound that was more like fight iq and me kind of just growing in in that aspect let's transition a little bit here so um you fought at 205 as well as 185 um, I've heard you say in interviews you plan to kind of stick around the 185 division. What do you think of the current roster at 185 in Bellator? I think it's I think it's, it has a lot of talent. I think it's deeper than 205, and uh, I think there's potential more potential at 185 for a Grand Prix than at 205. And at 205, you have you know the top of the division. You have good guys with Dean Nemkoff, Ryan Bader, Phil Davis, but and now Corey Anderson. But you look beyond them there's not really much there. And, you know, at the end of the day, I want to beat the best guys. I want, not only do I want to beat the best guys, but I want to be in the best weight class. That's going to help me with my success in, in my future. I, I don't want to just work my way up 
uh, easy weight class. It doesn't have much depth. And then there's not really much weight behind what I did. So I moved down one for the size because I feel like I wasn't a big two or five pounder and two for the for greater opportunities with bigger matchups and more talent and more depth and working my way up the 185 pound division and getting a getting the belt at the 185 pound division what I, I think would be more notable and a better achievement than doing it at 205. How how is that weight cut for you? I know you're a bigger guy and you've done it now a couple times. Is it was it smoother this time around? Yeah, the second time was a lot smoother. Yeah. The, uh, the first time uh, it was also on two weeks notice. So that played, but uh, it was my first time cutting 85 since like my third amateur fight, and uh, and then in high school wrestling or college wrestling. So uh, the, the first one was a little rough. Last one wasn't wasn't bad at all okay so we've talked about this a little bit but uh this is a question we ask a lot of the guests um what what does it mean to you to be a martial artist you know this to me martial artists uh, combat sports it's it's uh it's special if that's the best word to describe for me there's not a lot of people that can do it and it's and unforgiving sport at the end of the day it's only you as i didn't i mean i find a lot of glory in that too because you you run the risk losing and it being one-on-one it's a little bit more humiliating a little bit more embarrassing than a team sport losing and uh but when you win it's the greatest feeling in the world, and I just love fighting, and win, lose, or draw, at the end of the day, I'm happy with what I do, and I'm happy that I get to do this as a career, so um, I'm, I'm just glad I get to do this. Awesome. So, what are your goals for the rest of 2020, and then this coming year, 2021? Well, like, as I told you, my contract's up November 29th, so... Um, I'm hoping to either renegotiate very quickly and get get the money and the contract that I want, you know, with fights, how many fights, how often I'm fighting, and the money per fight. Um, hopefully, we can get that figured out quickly so I can get back in the cage sooner. But I doubt I'm going to be fighting again in 2020. But if that doesn't happen, I mean, it is an option. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm 4-0 at 185 pounds. 185 pounds and 205 pounds. They're always UFC always wanting people. Every every uh, promotion is always wanting people. So at the end of the day, I you know I every single day, and I'm only growing. So I'm at the end of the day, uh, whether Bellator or UFC offers me or or where I choose to go, I'm gonna be happy with whatever I do. And uh, like I said, I got options. So awesome. Um, UFC or Bellator, and hopefully fighting by spring at the latest of next year. Perfect. All right, two more questions for you, and then we'll get you out of here. In your mind, what is one of the biggest issues in MMA today as a whole, and what would be your solution for that issue? Um, what, what's the biggest problem, you said? Yeah. yeah, what's the biggest problem in the sport of MMA, and what would be your solution to the problem? Uh, the biggest issue. Best fighters not being able to fight the best fighters, and 
is uh, I, I don't think it's uh, about which promotion is the best. I think at the end of the day, it's about, like, as I said, the best fighters fight the best fighters. And there's some mm-hmm. guys in Bellator that I think will beat a lot of guys in the UFC. And there's some guys in the UFC that beat a lot of guys in Bellator. And then you have the one FC, you have one FC, you have PFL, you have all where you don't you, you might not be seeing the best fighters against the best fighters yeah. you know, somebody might be getting left out of the conversation and I think, think the way to, to fix that is just cross promotion fighting and kind of like treating it like where I feel like a lot of people think this is a problem with boxing where there's so many belts but uh, like uh, WBO champion, champion, and uh, and the rankings are all promotions as a whole, not just one. Right. So, are you in favor of something like the Ali Act in MMA, where they handle it like boxing, where the promoter is not allowed to be uh, the person who sanctions the belt? Yeah, I, 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 would, I would be, I'd be for that because uh, you know, with the UFC being the the big dog in all of MMA. You, you got Dana calling the shots. He's, he's controlling who gets the title shots and where the belt goes and who's fighting for and if, if cross-promotion fighting is even a thing, really. I mean, it's all in his hands, so I'd be totally for that. So, last question for you, Dalton. Uh, how did you get the nickname Hercules? So, speaking of Muhammad Ali, uh, one of his sparring partners... Uh, long-time sparring partner, Ron. I don't know his last name. We just know him by Ron. But uh, he was down in my gym in Youngstown. And my first day down there, I was hitting the pad with one of the boxing coaches and uh, one of the trainers, Sam Caldron. And I was hitting. I mean, it was my first day, and nobody knew what to expect of me. But I had prior boxing experience. Not a lot of people knew that. And I was cracking the mitts pretty hard. And, you know, it was just me and the coach in the ring hitting the pads and everybody was doing their own thing and by the end of the round I look around everybody in the gym surrounding the ring watching me hit mitts and everybody's making comments about how hard I'm hitting how how surprised they are that I can move that well with my size you know just the skill level everything so Ron who as I said was Muhammad Lee's sport partner he like took to me right away you know he took a liking to me right away and Immediately, like, he's like, I gotta find a nickname for you. He started calling me Hercules because of how I built, because of my strength, because of my power. And he think it just fits. So then he started calling me Herc, which was short for Hercules. And every single person that he would introduce me to, he would introduce me as Herc. So people started identifying me instead of Dalton as Herc. And that's what I was calling down to the gym all the time. And cool. he would hike me up during some sparring sessions. And whenever I'm hitting pads and everything, and he'd be like, you know, oh, Herc is so hard. It's, it's all those little, those, those little uh, comments that he would make constantly. And, uh, you know, it just stuck. And then everybody started calling me Herc. So, awesome. it, it happened organically. It wasn't like a lot of fighters. I didn't give me myself my own nickname. I wasn't sitting there trying to what sounded the best, what rhymed my name. It happened organically and it stuck. And, and I like it. And so, there's a lot of other people. So, that's, uh, that's what we wanted to do. Awesome. Well, Dalton, we really appreciate your time, and happy late birthday. We hope you celebrated it up out there. Uh, We'll be on the lookout for your next fight. Hopefully you get that contract done, and we appreciate the time, man. 
Yeah, thank you. And sorry for all the uh, cutting out and everything. Nah, bro, it's all good. Yeah, I'm on my way to practice and going backwards. It's all good. Go get after it. Best of luck. All right, we appreciate it. Texas Trees is the premier tree care company in the DFW area. Whether you need basic maintenance or specialized services, when it comes to trees, we've got you covered. Pruning, chipping, bracing, and cabling, even root barriers and disease control, we do it all. And if you aren't sure what you need, we have certified arborists on staff to point you in the right direction. Visit us at NorthTexasTrees.net. That's NorthTexasTrees.net. Thanks for listening to Parker's MMA Show. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and visit ParkerKeensMMAShow.Podbean.com for additional information on Parker and to stay up to date on the latest drama in the fight world. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out the show notes.